What's up, fools? This is Nigel McGuinness. This is Nick and Matt Jackson. Hey, this is TJ Perkins. This is Mike Mondo. This is Ring of Honor's Adam Cole. This is the Info Red Titus. This is the king of old school Steve Freno. The ROH Podcast. Or is it ROH Cast? At ROHWorld.com. Stay tuned, wankers. They say they made all podcasts equal. They were wrong. Hello everyone, welcome to episode 79 of the ROH cast. My name's Harry, I'm the web designer and co-owner of ROHworld.com and this week it's just me and the man who goes by Podcast Worst Nightmare, John. How's it going? We're normally joined by the other co-owner of the website, Stephen, but uh, he pretty much just refused to come on the show. He said that He's already reviewed the 11th anniversary show once for the website. He gave it four and a half stars out of five. You can read his detailed review at rohworld.com. And he said that he's already reviewed it once and he just doesn't want to do it again. He doesn't want to have to talk about that show anymore. He's done. He's had enough. And uh, he says the RH cast will die. So we just need to move on without Stephen for now. And who knows what will happen. So this... uh, he, went, he went a bit extreme on that one, but to each his own, I guess. <laughs> Uh, we're going to start the show by reviewing the 11th anniversary iPay-Per-View, which took place uh, this past Saturday in Chicago. We're then going to go through the latest Ring of Honor news, and we'll answer some questions and topics you've sent in. And we'll wrap up the show with spoilers from Baltimore and the latest set of... No, spoilers from Chicago, should I say, and the latest set of TV tapings. But there will be a warning before we just talk about um, any spoilers. So we'll kick things off, John, by talking about the 11th anniversary show. And, um, well, you were the only one of us, for me, Stephen, and yourself, to watch this live. So normally we, we start the iPay-Per-View review each month, or however often they are. We talk about the issues with any stream issues or anything that went wrong live. I mean, I've got to give you credit, you did all of our live coverage. You tweeted and reported on the site at the same time. So were there any issues with the stream, or was it all okay? It was okay. The only issue is on my end. For some reason, my computer wouldn't play the live stream. It would only play like recorded videos. Like I went back and just made sure it worked. And I watched like the Milwaukee show on here. Mm. But I went and got an iPad and it worked perfectly. So I'm, I'm assuming it's because my computer's terrible. Yeah, it is terrible. I've tried to help you many times with that, but it. So that's good. So. But yeah, oh, on the iPad, everything Steven. was streamed perfectly, and all the replays worked, and all the video packages were just great. So. This is I a big step up from where they were this time, I don't know, like six months ago. Yeah, definitely. I think I woke up about half eight, nine o'clock in the morning on Sunday, and the replay was already up. So that was only four and four hours or whatever, four or five hours after the show finished. So it looks like the replay was instant, which was great for me because I was able to watch it early on in Sunday, and then Stephen watched it as well and reviewed it. So, yeah, credit to Ring of Honor there for getting a stream working with a quick replay. So that's much better than some of the disasters we had last year. So, to kick off the show, we had a six-man mayhem match, which saw ACH defeat QT Marshall, Silas Young, Tadarius Thomas, Adam Page, and Mike Seidel. So, I'll go to you, John, as there's no one else here. (laughs) (laughs) What did you think of the opener? I thought this match was exactly what it was supposed to be, and that's just a crazy, like, ten-minute spot fest where everybody just did a bunch of high-flying moves to get the crowd going. And it was a lot of fun. 
Mm. I think ACH was the best option to go over because he's the newest Ring of Honor uh, signee to a contract. So I guess he's the one they kind of put the most stock in. But everybody in this match came out looking very good. They all got at least, you know, one or two moments to shine. And it was just a lot of fun. That's that's what the show was like from beginning to end. I thought it was just a really fun show to sit through. Mm. And this match got it off to a great start. Yeah, I think, you know, ACH even got a pretty good reaction considering he's not really made that many appearances in Ring of Honor. And it, it was an obvious choice for him to get the win here, as I think we all predicted on the the preview we did last week on last week's show. So Yeah, one of the few predictions you got right, right? We'll get to that later. Um, <laughs> so I completely agree. It was exactly what it should have been. It was a really good opener, a great way to kick off the show. It was just a good spot fest. And I, I love the um, the superplex that someone gave um, R.D. Evans. I can't remember who, but he gave it onto the outside onto all the other guys in the match. That was pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. I, I believe that was Silas Young who did that. Yeah, so that was um, that was good. Now, I liked R.D. Evans on commentary, who was there for about 30 seconds and left because they weren't talking about him or something like that. <laughs> so, yeah, the show got off to a very good start with that. And, uh, well, the show continued with that. Good, after that good start, with the C&C taking on Scum, and uh, I believe we were pretty undecided on who was going to pick up the win here, but the end of the match saw Scum, uh, that's Steve Carino and Jimmy Jacobs, pick up the win with a a, a spike power driver, I believe it's called? Uh, yes, Carino hit the power driver, but Jacobs kind of jumped off the middle rope and drove him down with more authority. And it looked sick on a... It looked quite painful, yeah. Oh, yeah, I, I cringe. But this is the only match I really noticed the commentary on. Because I think co- good commentary, you kind of don't really notice it. That's true. And if, it's bad, it's, and if it's bad commentary, it's the only time you really notice, like, what are they talking about? <laughs> and this is the only match where I thought the commentary was weird. And that's because Caleb Seltzer kept referring to Rhino instead of uh, Scum's hired mercenary. Kept on referring to Rhino as Scum's hired missionary. And I was a bit confused about what could be going on in the ranks of Scum. You don't want to know. Why do you think all these new members are joining? Ooh. So I mean, uh, we, we, we already knew. I mean, Rhino already revealed where he lost his virginity at in January. So maybe that's, <laughs> maybe that's his new gimmick. Um, when when uh, Scum picked up the win here, my reaction was like, "What? Why? This this makes no sense." I mean, CNC needed this win to try and get over because it feels like they just keep losing all these big matches. But then we got to the end of the show, and it all made sense because Scum needed to look strong when it came to the finish. So, in hind in hindsight, it was a good booking decision. But at the time, I was like, "What the hell are they doing?" So, uh, what do you actually think of the match itself? Because I believe we've just talked about silly things like commentary. I think this was the weakest match of the night, but it was by no means bad. It was just kind of there. It's kind mm-hmm. of forget- kind of forgettable, but it wasn't horrible in any. It was way. still good, but because yeah. the rest of the show was great, and it is one of those matches that you'll probably quickly forget and move on from. But when something like this is the, I mean, this would be a perfect fit for the main event of a TV show. I don't know if you agree there. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that's so perfect. when the worst, quote-unquote, worst match on the card is something that could easily main event a TV, that just says how good this show is. So I don't think we've been this positive on a show since Glory by Honor, to be honest. So that's uh, definitely good. So the third match saw Charlie Haas, the Haas hole, 
Tay Khan, <laughs> one half of the BJ Express, BJ Whitmer, in a no-holds-barred match. And this was... It was it was really fun. It's exactly what it needed to be, this. It was an enjoyable, hardcore brawl, basically. There were some great spots in it. It put over BJ as this guy who wouldn't lay down and get kicking out of everything. And he ended up winning by referee stoppage when he was kneeing Charlie Haas in the head. And uh, we even saw Cheeseburger come out. Cheeseburger grabbed the foot of Haas and gave him the du- double mi- middle finger with his <laughs> tiny skinny arms. It was hilarious. And the crowd went wild chanting Cheeseburger and he quickly ran off to the back. And I kind of wish that Charlie um, Cheeseburger was involved in the finish rather than just ran a random spot in the middle. Yeah. If he would have actually cost Haas the match, then Haas could have you know, been really pissed off with Cheeseburger for making him lose. So, But it was good to see Cheeseburger appear, definitely. Oh, absolutely. Um, this, like you said, is exactly what it needed to be. It was a fun, hardcore brawl. There were some crazy spots, like the, like where uh, Haas kind of put the ladder over Whitmer and hit him like at least 15 or 20 times with the chair. Oof, yeah. Just, oh. I love but, the bit where um, Haas was trying to place the ladder on the sort of turnbuckle, and it kept and it falling off, and he was like, Thank you, ladder! And giving it the middle finger because it wouldn't stay off. <laughs> I can't believe how... Entertaining, yeah, is a good word for it. How entertaining Haas has become compared to where he was sort of before this sort of evolution of his heel character. I know he used to be such a bland, just boring wrestler who was solid but nothing spectacular, but now he probably has the best character. Yeah, I loved it. They've even changed his music, so it has like a can of beer being opened and a burp at the start. I mean, it's just... (laughs) (laughs) that's brilliant but it's not that was not the best theme music of the night and we'll get to that later no the only complaint i have about this match is i don't know why it couldn't have ended with the huge suplex through the uh i guess ladder bridge they made oh yeah it kind of of seemed anticlimactic when it just ended with the referee stoppage i think it should have ended with the spot before that but that's just kind of nitpicking about that end spot with the knees it might have just been just me but it kind of felt like the camera angle they had of that didn't make it look very impactful. Was that? Just... Yeah, yeah. I just think I just think after like the move we just saw, like like that big holy crap that just happened move. Mm. That that's how it ends. We're just kind of like really. Yeah, I kind of see what you're saying there. Um, up next, we had uh, I think it was the final match before intermission. Um, we had the quote-unquote dream tag team match as the Forever Hooligans, Rocky Romero and Alex Kozlov, took on the American Wolves, Davy Richards and Eddie Edwards. And uh, as I think we all predicted on the preview of the show, the American Wolves picked up the win with, uh, I believe it was a powerbomb slash backcracker combo, knees to the back thing to uh, pick up the win. And I think that was on Kozlov. I believe they pinned Kozlov to pick up the win. So, um, do you think the Dream Tag Team match lived up to the hype? I mean, it was never really a Dream Tag Team match for me to begin with. But it was a good match. But, I don't know, it started out like a lot of fun. Kind of like a, not really comedic, but it had like some funny parts to it in the beginning. With like Edward, not Edwards, but with like Davey mocking Romero's like hip swivel Rick Rude thing. Mm. But then it kind of just devolved into just a series of moves towards the end. I've got to say thought, that the national anthem at the start went on too long. I, I can't believe he actually sang the entire thing. I was waiting I for the he'd be able to get like, like a... two words out, and then he's going to get like beat down or something. Yeah, 
Very strange how they really <laughs> let him sing the entire thing. Unless they just love the song. I don't know. Maybe, yeah, the guys backstage at SPG might have been loving it. We don't have know. it on their iPods. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, I think we, me, you and Stephen were talking about this uh, the other day after the show, and it was still a very good tag team match, but I don't think it ever became, like, great. It's not one of those tag team matches that will go down in, like, Ring of Honor history of, like, you know, one of the best tag team matches we have ever seen. It was still very good, but Ring of Honor has a lot of very good tag team matches, so I don't know. It just... Something didn't click for me personally. I'm sure other people. I guess because they labeled it a dream tag team match, we had higher expectations going in than we well, should have. No, because I knew nothing really about Romero or Kozlov, so I didn't really have that high expectations. So I don't know. And also, was... Wolves, please get rid of that tombstone slash kick to the head thing if it's not going to be a finisher. Oh yeah, that should have. <laughs> that's that's what I was saying. How it kind of turned into a series of moves. You just saw stuff like that happening, and them just kicking out like no problem. Yeah, that that needs to go. That move. If they want to do that move, make it the finish because that's it is silly to kick out of that. That's a bit ridiculous. Yeah. Um. But yeah, apart from that, very good. But it just didn't reach that next level, in my opinion. And I believe Stephen. Here's what uh, Stephen said on his on his uh, re- review on the website. This was good. There's no doubt about that. But I'm not sure if it really reached the dream match stage. I'd like to see the hooligans come back for more matches as they were impressive. Still a really enjoyable match and I probably agree with what Steven said there. They I'd welcome the hooligans to come back as long as there's no more singing. Yeah, I agree. Uh, then we have the intermission and we come back from that with the... Uh, actually, before we get to that, what was intermission this time? Was it the same thing repeated or did they... I honestly, I got up, went and got a drink, and kind of did other things. Okay. <laughs> I, play, I, I played around with the Twitter saying stupid stuff, I think. Do you play any games on your iPad? I played uh, Tubby Toucan. Oh, awesome. Not quite for 12 straight hours, but... <laughs> so, back after intermission, we had a two out of three falls match, as Michael Elgin took on Roderick Strong. Elgin picked up the first fall within maybe, what, two or three minutes? Yeah, about? within two minutes. I, I was shocked by how quickly it happened, but... He picked it up with a, the buckle bomb followed by the Elgin bomb to pick up the win, or pick up the first fall, should I say. Um, later in the match, we saw Strong get the second fall with the, was it the suplex backbreaker combo? I believe so, yes. And then the he Michael Elgin won the third and final fall via submission with a crossface, from what I recall. Um, so that's the sort of the breakdown of the falls, and Elgin won as we... As he needed to, really. He needed to get this big win on the big stage against Roderick Strong here. So th- that was definitely the right thing to do. And I think the match lived up to my expectations, personally. I did think it was really, really good. And I'd definitely recommend watching this one if you know you can only watch... If for some reason you can only watch some of the card, I'd definitely recommend checking <laughs> this one out because it was really good. Yeah, it, it everything about this match kind of seemed hur- hurried, though. If you know what I mean. Like, it seems... Like, these two should be able to go out there and have, like, a 30-minute, two-out-of-three falls match. But they kind of got everything in. They they couldn't really do that because after this, they still had three title matches to go. So they didn't want to burn everyone out. Yeah, Yeah, but, you know, I I still thought this was a really good match. I thought the first fall happening that quickly made sense because Elgin, of course, wants to get his hands on strong and just destroy him. Mm. I I thought, you know, the quick fall made sense. But, yeah, I thought it was a good match, and I really enjoyed it. 
then. Have you noticed that discussion's a lot quicker when we don't have anything to complain about? I know. It's been like a 10-minute podcast. Um, up next, we have the TV title match where Adam Cole defended his TV title against Matt Taven with Truth Martini, who came out to the greatest theme music Ring of Honor has ever seen. Now, unfortunately, we don't have a clear version of that theme yet. But as soon as we do, we will play it on the RH cast in full regularly, I'm sure. It involved the lyrics, take your pants off and chanting about H.O.T. and Hoopla. So you know it's going to be good just from that. And I hope we get the full version soon. Just release it on iTunes or something, because it's definitely a a ring of on a custom theme. It's not like this this is a pre-existing song anywhere. (laughs) Unless unless somehow it was, and Martini just discovered it. He's like, this is it! (laughs) And Martini also came out I don't know how to describe what he was like wearing. Boxer briefs that were like designed boxers. like a tuxedo. Yeah, like tuxedo boxers with sort of this weird coat on and a big hat, and it was it was brilliant. So that, that's all I have to say about that. And we had the icon Matt Hardy on commentary, who kept talking about how he was going to face Adam Cole for the TV title at the uh, the TV tapings the next day, but in a in a swerve that no one on the RH cast team, and I said four, almost said fourth there, but I don't know if the fans agreed with us, but us three on the show last week were like, Adam Cole's going to win. Yeah, no problem. He's already facing Matt Hardy the next night. And I then had a, I had a, I'm, I'm not going to, I had a slight feeling that Matt Taven could listen, win. And you can't say those things, you know, but, the podcast but, has gone out there. Everyone's heard it. I, I know, but, but I, it was like a slight thing. Like it could happen, but I was like, 80% sure that Adam Cole was still going to win. these theories on the podcast, you know? I won't hold back from my crazy theories anymore. You should be one to know about that, right, Harry? <laughs> so, um, yeah, as you can probably guess, Matt Taven won the TV title, and great decision, in my opinion. I, I've said this many times. You go back into the archives of RHCast. Into late 2012, I predicted this was going to happen. You know, I I just know Ring of Honor like the back of my hand. I know what's going to happen. I can <laughs> tell you months in advance the result of title matches. So, uh, Matt Taven won the TV title. Great decision. And I think the way that they swerved us all by pretending like Matt Hardy was getting the TV title shot the next night. Very clever because it made it so unexpected. It was such a, a big upset and... I'm really looking forward to this Matt Taven Truth Martini combo with him as the TV champion, and I think it, him to lose here would have lost a lot of his momentum going forward. But this big win of Adam Cole, so I'm looking forward to it from here. What about you? Yeah, I completely agree. This was an awesome moment, like a huge upset that really nobody—I wouldn't say nobody, nobody—but a lot of people didn't see coming. And the way they built up, like Matt Hardy is definitely getting the title shot, mm. just made it kind of that that much more surprising when it happened. Yeah, and and I think this is exactly what the TV title is meant to be. It's meant to build up and establish these young and new wrestlers to make them uh, like not legitimate parts of the roster, but I guess to uh, further establish themselves. Yeah, into the mid card. And Matt Taven is a great choice. I think he's a very good wrestler. He's been impressive in all his showings on television and now on iPay pay per view. And I think this was just the right choice make the move here and I think the combination of Matt Taven and and uh, Truth Martini is going to be a 
great, great pairing, especially at some of the pictures we've seen of David holding the belt with like Martini kissing it. Yeah, that was very strange. At the pay-per-view, uh, Martini, or sorry, Taven sort of held the belt from his crotch. <laughs> and then Truth Martini proceeded to, to kiss that belt. So I don't know what's going on in the House of Truth these days, but it's entertaining. Maybe they need to get the missionary rhino back. <laughs> so, <laughs> so um, yeah, that's the TV title match, which was very good. We, I think we perhaps skipped us skipped that bit, but yeah, very good and great decision with the the new TV champion. I mean, and, I, I think we all knew this match was going to be pretty good, just based on who was in it. Their styles mm. would have meshed well. But where do you see Adam Cole going from here? I don't know. Is this? I mean, he's got a world title shot at Border Wars, and he had that yeah. WWE tryout recently. Is is he on his way out, or are they move? This is like him kind of like dropping everything, all the important stuff to leave. Or do you think this is him moving, moving into the, the world event? title? I don't know. That's you know, Ring of Honor has already that unpredictability now going into Border Wars. Will we see the? You know what I'm like with predicting heel turns and title changes, so maybe I will have another crazy prediction. I need to sit down and think about that more before I make such a claim. A summer of fall. Ooh, exactly. You know, people have been wanting a heel turn, and we know he's such a good heel, and it would be a great thing to see before he does have to go, but it depends if he has signed, or if maybe he hasn't, and maybe they're just moving him on to the world title. We... We're going to have to literally just wait and see, unfortunately. Um, up next, we had the Ring of Honor World Tag Team title match as the Briscoes defended the belts against Team Amphition, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly. And in another swerve that all three of us failed to predict. I'm pretty sure I predicted this. No, you didn't. We all agreed that the Briscoes were going to win, didn't we? I'm pretty sure I've been saying for months. No, 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 Team no. is going to win this. No. Since, I'm pretty sure since they won that gauntlet match, I've been saying Team no. Amphition is going to win this. We're, I believe it's... I, I was saying that Team Amphition would be the next Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions, but because of the fact that the Briscoes were set to defend against Forever Hooligans then on the TV tapings, my, I changed my prediction to the Briscoes and that Team Amphition would win at a later date. I, I can't remember if you what your prediction was last week on the show. Well, there's, no reason, there's no reason to go back and check it because I predicted this title change. <laughs> anyway, no matter who predicted it or not, this is a good decision. The Briscoes, as we've said before, don't need the belts to be over. And Team Fishing have already been really impressive in the brief time they've been teaming up, so it makes perfect sense to me to give them the belt. Give them the belts, rather. Yeah, absolutely. I couldn't agree more. Uh, the Briscoes are just so good, whether they had the belts or not. And, you know, kind of when they win the belts now, you're like, really? Why do they have the belts? Mm. So it's good to see other teams carry, you know, be able to lead the tag team division. And I think Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly are the right choice because they've only been teaming, what, three or four months now? Yeah, something like that. And they've already become such a good tag team. Mm. And like you said, the Briscoes are going to be fine whether they lose the belts or not. So, and the match itself was just as good as we all expected it to be. It was a oh, very, very good, very good match. It had some really cool spots in it. And I just, 
love how the Briscoes seem to always like slowly evolve who they are. Because if you, I, I started watching like an old Ring of Honor show the other day, just out of pure boredom. Hmm. And the Briscoe, like the, who the Briscoes were like three years ago, is nowhere near the same as who they are now. Yeah. And you know you don't really notice that as you're watching it over time, but when you go back and watch it, you're like, this is the same team. And I don't know. I just I don't know what the point of that little <laughs> ramble was, but <laughs> yeah, this was a, just a very good match. That the uh, Doomsday device to the floor on O'Reilly. Yeah. Oh Oof. God. But, but overall, very good tag team match, and I'm looking forward to the reign of Team Ambition and my my new uh, prediction for the tag team titles that they will eventually lose them to the American Wolves. I think. Um, I'm not prepared to make a prediction yet. Okay. Um, so we then get to the main event. And for anyone who listens to RHCast on a weekly basis, every week on <laughs> RHWorld.com and iTunes, you will know that... And Stitcher, don't forget Stitcher. Stitcher as well, every Thursday. Um, you will know that I have been very vocal in my <laughs> prediction for the result of this match. It all sort of stems back to Final Battle, where I said that Jay Lethal was going to turn heel and cash in his Survivor of the Fittest contract on El Generico instantly after he won the title. Now, due to El Generico uh, signing, that my prediction had to be changed and they didn't go with it. Uh, <laughs> so I went out on another prediction and I said that Jay Lethal was going to turn heel here and win the Ring of Honor World title. Last week I... I'd been making that prediction for quite a while, um, and I was told by the RHCast force to take a stand on my prediction, and that's exactly what I did. And I shared my case, and then you and Stephen jumped on my bandwagon and completely well, agreed you were, with me. You were just so convincing. You were like a cult leader with this. You're completely wrong, but we were blinded by your enthusiasm for it. Uh, I still stand by that that theory. It's oh, never going to How can you stand by it? No, no, no. Listen, listen. I, <laughs> I stand by... I'll stand by what didn't happen. I stand by that it was a good theory and should have happened. Would you rather that have happened? No, 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 no. You could have had a combination of both. Well, let's get to let's get to it. Let's, talk let's, first, let's, let's first talk about the match before we talk about the after the match stuff. Yeah, okay, so... Kevin Steen defending the world title against Jay Lethal. Um, a rematch from the uh, title match at the Killer Instinct show in October, which apparently was very good. I have not seen it. Steven said uh, it was very good in his review of that show. Um, and this match was was really good. I definitely enjoyed it. We had, uh, I was a bit concerned, maybe mid, maybe sort of near towards the end, we had a bit of scum interference when Todd Sinclair was down and... Um, Lethal managed to get rid of Carino and, excuse me, Jacobs was sort of taken out on the outside and I was a bit worried that it was going to be some sort of screwy finish there and Steen was sort of shouting Jacobs to go away and didn't want Scum's help, he didn't need them. Um, he ended up, Steen ended up winning this very good title match with a top rope brainbuster in tribute to, to El Generico. We even saw an F5 through the announce table off the apron, at, uh, not the announce table, just through, through a table. Um, earlier on in the match, and yeah, after that top rope brainbuster, um, Kevin Steen just spat on my prediction, 
and retained his world title. And I was like, because I watched this and I managed to avoid spoilers. And I was like, no, <laughs> no, <laughs> the prediction, the prediction. Come on, Jay Lethal. And I've just got to think that Jay Lethal has, has still not found the cure for his kryptonite. Yeah, title matches are still his kryptonite. He can beat win anything else, but once he goes for a title. That's it. He just cannot win the world title. He just does something in his, I don't know, this unbeatable gene that he has, the the weakness of it. He just needs to find this weakness and just eliminate it, and then he can, he'll be unstoppable. But until that well, point... Well, would you rather be able to win every single match besides the world title or be able to like lose matches and be able to win the world title? I don't know. Yeah, perhaps it would be better to be unbeatable. Yeah, it would be. You could just conveniently, you know, if you won every single match and the general manager wanted to give you a title shot, just be like, nah, I'm all right. I'm okay with that. I'm not interested. I'm good winning. Don't worry about it. (laughs) So, yeah, Kevin Steen retained the world title, and I was very surprised here. I, I really did not see that happening, as you all heard me say last week. And after the match, it then... It descended into chaos, to be honest, and I'm going to struggle to to cover all of this um, based on pure memory. Um, From what I recall, after Steen picked up the win, um, Rhino hit the ring and gave Lethal a gore, uh, and Jacobs took out the referee, Todd Sinclair. Um, The Briscoes then came out to sort of help Lethal and even up the odds, but they were sort of taken out by Rhino and Jacobs. Then we saw Coleman and Alexander try and make the save. Out of nowhere, Jimmy Rave made his return to take out CNC, joining Scum. Now, if I recall, you're quite a big fan of Jimmy Rave. Am I Am I right? Yeah, I do enjoy Jimmy Rave quite a bit. He plays an awesome heel, so I think he will you know, be, be very good in this role as a member of Scum. Now, the last time we saw him, I believe, was a match against Tommaso Ciampa at Final Battle 2011. 11, yes. I don't remember being impressed with that match, but I won't sort of... But but I remember hearing after the match, because I wasn't that impressed with it either. But you know that Rinka King thing that TNA had going in India? Yeah. I think Jimmy Rave just flew back like that day and wrestled right. that night. So he was kind of, kind of a bit jet-lagged. Okay, so I'll hold off any sort of judgment on him yet until I see maybe a match on upcoming TV before I say whether or not it's a good thing to have him in, in scum. Um, BJ Whitmer came out to sort of help CNC from being attacked by Jimmy Rave, Rhino and Jacobs. But then out of nowhere, we saw Rhett Titus come from behind him and turn on his former BJ Express tag team partner. So the wonderful legendary tag team of the BJ Express has come to an end. And we often talked about how one day you'll grow up and you'll tell your grandchildren that you saw the BJ Express live. And, you know, it didn't happen very long, but you got to see it. So makes it even more special. Exactly. But what did you think of Rick Titus was, joining Scum? I thought this was the perfect decision. Yes, Titus I just needed something agree. to do to kind of get him out of the rut he's been in. And I think turning heel gives him that opportunity to. I think we even, actually uh, do something. He was one of the people we suggested to perhaps t- uh, join Scum as one of these new members because he has been so stale since the whole Kenny King thing. I mean, do you remember how much momentum he had when King left? And we thought, you know, maybe he could be the next world champion. He yeah, maybe they that. could be, Exactly, yeah. 
and then it just sort of completely fizzled out and hopefully this will sort of reignite him and give him a bit more uh, momentum on his side so I'm looking forward to that and then we had uh, Michael Elgin come out to try and make the save but it was no help because Cliff Compton came out with a scum shirt to sort of even up the odds or sort of give scum the numbers advantage and sort of take out Elgin so there was absolute carnage at one at this point with all these people out and scum handcuffed Elgin to the bottom rope and the walls came out but failed to do anything. And uh, before we move on to what happened next, what are your thoughts on Cliff Compton joining Scum? I haven't seen anything from Cliff Compton since his time with Deuce and Domino in the WWE. Yeah. So I can't I can't really comment on it, but apparently he's kind of popular on the independent scene after his appearances on the art of wrestling. So I'll just kind of hold off. Yeah. Unless he brings the great power with him. I'm not really that excited <laughs> by this yet anyway. So we'll see what he, uh, Oh, I, same with Jimmy rave. I'll just sort of see what happens before I sort of get annoyed with it or whatever. So, um, then we have Adam Cole come out to try and make the save for team ring of honor against all this chaos. And, I bet with my boring description, this doesn't sound very exciting, but trust me, it was... It was insane watching this. watching this. It was really, really interesting, especially when he didn't know who was going to come out next or whatever. So um, Adam Cole came out, but he was taken out by Matt Hardy, who began to take off his shirt, and the crowd was very scared, but luckily he had another one underneath, (laughs) uh, which said scum on it. So he he had a backup underneath there. So Matt Hardy has joined scum. That is not good. I don't mind this. No, because that means he's staying. But I think if if you're going to have Matt Hardy around, this is the best use of him. I mean, he is a piece of scum, so at least his t-shirt is speaking the truth. But I don't want him around anymore. I really don't. He's the but, only member of this new faction. I'm like, oh, no, no, please. I don't know. I, I'm, I'm okay with him as a member of scum. <sighs> no. Uh, after this, both Briscoes were tied to the ropes. Um, Carino then came back down with a microphone and says that they're witnessing the beginning of the destruction of Ring of Honor, and there's nothing that anyone can do. And he said that Kevin Steen is the king of scum and the best Ring of Honor champion ever. Um, no, it should be noted though that Steen actually didn't take part in any of this beatdown. He just so stood in the corner the entire time. Call. One thing that Ring of Honor do, they did this with Elgin and Strong is when someone is going to split or sort of turn face from a group or a partner, they drag it out too long and they don't... Or they just make it too obvious, should I say. Um, I So basically, before, before I discuss about what I think should have happened, the only change I would have made, um, they'd sort of destroyed a ring of honor flag and said the honor is dead and it's the evolution of scum. And it was it was all handled... It was all done really well and it was sort of a good chaotic end to the show and definitely made me sort of intrigued to see what's going to happen next um but uh, i don't know i still think they should have done the lethal thing in my opinion it's 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 just too painfully obvious that steen is not going to be with scum for very long so why not just do it quickly why not just do the the swerve now you know we know it's going to happen eventually so why not just get it over with and have lethal join scum or something well i'm sure they will do it either at uh, Supercard of Honor or the uh, next pay-per-view after that, Border Border Wars. Wars. So it's not going to be dragged out too much longer. But I don't don't have a problem. I don't have a problem at all with it kind of being obvious and it's going to happen. 
Because, mm. you know, some of the most best, best you know, you know, Undertaker is going to win every year at WrestleMania. But you still watch it and you're still amazed by the matches. You know, there's nothing wrong with predictability. And, I, and if it's executed well, it's still going to be great, no matter if you saw it coming or not. So I'm still looking forward to this. And I think it could, you know, be a very interesting and great storyline throughout this year, which is exactly what Ring of Honor needs after the abysmal 2012. Yeah, definitely. But my only... Now, I'll agree that I'm definitely intrigued to see where they take this storyline. And it's very good that after all this time of scum saying they're going to destroy Ring of Honor... They're finally doing something to try They're actually to destroy it. doing something rather than just talking about it and then doing nothing. So you can definitely notice a change in the booking team here where stuff's actually starting to happen at last. So that's definitely good. But my only concern with Scum is that you look at the... You take Steen out of the equation because he's going to be gone soon. I'm looking at the photo now of the group. These are all going to be involved in most of the Ring of Honor's top matches from here on out, aren't they? Against Ring of Honor, Team Ring of Honor guys, yeah? I would assume so, yeah. None of those guys, apart from Jimmy Jacobs, really make me think they're going to be amazing matches. This is the issue I had with TNA's main event Mafia storyline. They were this huge faction that was very entertaining, but when you put them in the ring, eh. I think... Am I just yeah, being too negative? Is... Do you see what I'm saying here about? Yeah, I, well, yeah, but I think we'll probably see some kind of somebody from Ring of Honor another turn at some point. Mm. But some... I think people like Jimmy Jacobs and Jimmy Rave can go and put on the main event quality matches. I think Rhino can put on the main event quality no, matches. Not Rhino. I know, why do you do you like Rhino? No, oh, we've talked about this many times. I'm not a big Rhino fan. I never have been. I never will. <laughs> Jeez. Okay. <laughs> I won't like him, okay? That's a good point, won't. actually. He was he was facing Steen for the belt not long ago. Now he's his hired missionary. I mean, what the hell? <laughs> but I think but I think those three can put on the main event quality matches while the while Hardy, Carino, Titus, and Compton can kind of put on the mid card to you know tag team six man matches to kind of fill out the cards. We will have to wait and see with this storyline. It it could be promising, but I'm still I still have some concerns about just, just the roster in, in the faction rather than this, the actual story or the execution, just more sort of the the people in it. And but how... I do like how they all kind of have some kind of issue with Ring of Honor, which led to them turning. It all made sense. What's Cliff Compton's issue with Ring of Honor? He, they could say he was never given the chance, and this is his and Scum's given him the chance to come into Ring of Honor. Yeah, Rhett Titus and Hardy makes sense. Yeah, I suppose you're right there. Um, it still would have been awesome if TJP and the books came out, but <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> they can't fly them in on those solid golden planes that cost Ring of Honor three million dollars every single pay per view. So uh, we'll move on with the show now, and we will talk about the uh, latest Ring of Honor news. I think that wraps up our review of the 11th anniversary. Unless there's anything else you want to touch on there, uh, it was just a great show, and probably probably the Second best IP review we've seen in the past couple of years after uh, Glory by Honor last year. So, yeah, it's well worth checking out. Yeah, if you've got $15 spare, I'd definitely recommend checking it out. And it's got the highest review score of anything this year from Ring of Honor with 4.5 out of 5 on the site. So, yeah, we definitely recommend it. And uh, be sure to check it out and share your thoughts on the Ring of Honor forum. So, 
Now we'll move on to the news, which you can always find during the week at rohworld.com. What's up, fool? Oh, dear. I apologise for that budget song. (laughs) Here we go. Now that I got my music correct, I can finally start this news. And we have quite a few match announcements to go through. Let's do this quick. Let's get a quick speed run here of these matches. All right, Asheville, North Carolina. No, no, don't speak, like, really fast. I know I can understand you, but we don't need to sort of, you know, worry about talking about every single match. Okay, uh, there's, this later this month, Ring of Honor uh, goes to Asheville, North Carolina, March 30th for a show titled War. And the main event will be Kevin Steen defending the belt against Mark Briscoe. And other matches, we have the American Wolves taking on Caprice Coleman and Cedric Alexander in a, a four-corner survival proving ground match for the, RO, uh, for the ROH TV title when Matt Taven takes on ACH, Roderick Strong, and Jay Lethal. So before we move on, I'll quickly say, I hope ACH wins that proving ground match because can you imagine... Matt Taven, ACH, TV title match on pay-per-view. That would be Wars, very good. What it was, 2013 or Supercard, that sounds very good to me. Um, I'm sure the uh, Jay Briscoe title match would be great as well, to be honest. Um, but there's no chance, surely, that Jay Briscoe is going to win the world title. Jay Briscoe? We haven't, it, haven't announced it, that match yet. Or is it Mark Briscoe? It's Mark Briscoe. In, Mark in, Briscoe, in, there we go. And there was another match, which I've forgotten, and I did have something to say, but we'll just move on. <laughs> Uh, one week later, Ring of Honor returns to New York City for Supercard of Honor 7, April 5th, at the Hammerstein Ballroom, which is sold out, by the way, but you can still see it live on iPay-Per-View. Uh, Kevin Steen, if still a champion, will defend the belt against Jay Briscoe. That should be... I'm looking forward to that. That should be a really good title match. And, you know, we were talking about predictability earlier, and there's still a bit of... Could Ring of Honor swerve us and have Jay Briscoe as the world champion? Joining Scum? Well, I don't know about that. Oh, no, 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 no. If you're going to make a prediction, make a prediction. Make it, no, make it count. I'm not taking a stand yet on anything like that. But no, no, actually, no. I don't think that Jay Briscoe will be winning the world title. But that would be a very special moment if he did. And it, it doesn't really matter who wins. It's going to be a fantastic match anyway. Yeah, I always enjoy Jay Briscoe title matches. So exactly. I'm looking forward to this. Uh, Team Ambition will defend the belts against the American Wolves. And Michael Elgin will wrestle Jay Lethal. With the winner receiving a future world title shot. So, the unbeatable one is going to earn a title shot, isn't he? Surely. Ooh, what if his uh, what if his kryptonite is matches with any kind of no, but thing he on the won, line? He won the honor rumble. He won Survivor of the Fist. Oh yeah. So anything that you know is earning a title shot, that's no problem. The title's not on the line. He can he can win that, but. Is he really going to beat Elgin? I mean, I don't know. Maybe I think he might lose to Elgin here. I think he might as well. But I don't know how. Well, the unbeatable one. I just it just baffles the mind. Think about <laughs> him possibly losing a non-title match cleanly. And uh, Team Man fishing against the Wolves. That'll be good. But. I know earlier I said the Wolves are going to be the next champs, but if they're doing this already, I can't see Team Man Fishing only having the belts for a month. So I'm guessing we'll see some sort of 
screw jobby finish here where the team of fishing will retain the belts. Uh, the main event for Border Wars May 4th in Toronto has been announced when Kevin Steen, if still champion, because it could also either be Jay or Mark Briscoe in this match, will defend the belt against Adam Cole. So this is something to really look forward to, I think. It's going to have to be Steen, isn't it, surely? Because Jay Briscoe versus Adam Cole doesn't really scream main event for Border Wars in Toronto, does it? So, but yeah, that should be very good and... I think that is going to be the, you know, the other matches, the Briscoe matches. I think we know that Steen's going to retain here, but that Cole match, we really don't know at this point. There's there's two scenarios here. He could either lose to Steen, which to me indicates, <laughs> huh? There's two scenarios. He could either lose to Steen or he could beat Steen. <laughs> no, no, no. But I'm going to say where that would go from there. Okay. Um, <laughs> which to me would indicate that he's going to leave. Soon, shortly after. Yeah, I can see that, yeah. Because it to me it sort of feels like get the belt off him, then give him a title shot on his way out. Or he will win the belt, turn heel, and then have some sort of... Not a very long reign because he'll get snapped up by WWE. But, um, yeah, I think that if he wins, he will do what... I've been talking about for a while where someone will turn heel and take the belt off Steen. Should I just keep saying that for every Steen title match? I'm going to get it right eventually, aren't I? Yeah, yeah. I mean, eventually it will come true. And like like one right prediction out of 15 ain't bad, I guess. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to say that right now. I predict that Kevin Steen will lose the Ring of Honor World title at Border Wars 2013 to Adam Cole. And Adam Cole will turn heel. There's my stand. <laughs> we will see if I'm right. I'm we have two, we right. have two months to wait to see if that happens. You got two months of me every week selling that, and then you two jumping on my bandwagon. Then it turns out it. I'm wrong, and then you get pissed off with me for being wrong. <laughs> uh, the title match for the May 18th show in Richmond, Virginia, has been announced. Where Kevin Steen, if still champion, because it could also be Mark Briscoe, Jay Briscoe, or Adam Cole, will defend the belt against B.J. Whitmer. I'm looking forward to Adam Cole versus BJ Whitmer there. <laughs> and finally, Best in the World 2013 has been announced. It will take place at the Dewburns Arena in Baltimore, Maryland on June 22nd. And the next day, June 23rd, will be a television taping from the same uh, location. Yeah. But yeah, this is the first time Best in the World has not taken place in New York. So that's interesting. That's, that's good to me, yeah. That's good. They've done well in Baltimore, so it's good that is this the first iPay-per-view that they're getting? I believe so, yes. It seems like all the iPay-per-views are either in Chicago, Toronto, or New York. So this is the first one, I believe, that's in Baltimore. So there we go, yeah. I think they deserve a pay-per-view. and it's. I like the thing they're doing now where they do a TV taping the day after because it means that they're trying to cut down on road rage, which is a big complaint everyone had with Ring of Honor last year. So we well, haven't actually had... People didn't like road rage? I know, surprising. Um, we haven't actually had road rage since the first TV tapings started airing from this year. So credit to Ring of Honor for scheduling shows more frequently to avoid the dreaded road rage. So hopefully they can keep that up for a while longer. Uh, I completely agree. <laughs> 
Is that the last bit of news? You can't just go silent. Well, well, yeah. Well, I started that last bit of news by saying, and finally. I I don't pay that much detail. I don't pay that much attention. So now we're going to move on to the questions and topics that you've sent in. There's several ways that you can do this. You can tweet us at ROH underscore world. You can go on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash ROH world. Or you can go on our forum, rohworld.com slash forum. Okay, so we'll start with Twitter. We'll get those out of the way first. Um, if Twitter ever decides to load, we will. Um, do the this is from at Ken Smells Good. Do the aces and eights slash shield angles already in progress spark interest in scum? Or are people tired of the group angles? I honestly am not a big fan of these kind of invasion angles because it's they kind of have this is the mindset I think they have. I want to destroy this company, but I still want people to come out and support this company to watch me perform and buy my T-shirts. Exactly. So it's kind of a weird dynamic to begin with, but I, I kind of disassociate you know the Shield with Aces and Aids with Scum. I kind of you know kind of separate each universe. And so I don't let like one what happens in one company affect how I enjoy something in another company. If that makes sense. Mm, I, I see what Ken's saying that I, I can see where he's coming. We're from, having but... like the same storyline go on all at the same time, basically. So it I, is can a see, bit... I can see where he's coming from, but I, I, I it, it doesn't bother me personally. But I can see how some people it could be a bit much. We all know that Shield are the best anyway out of all of these groups. So. Well, they have Tyler Black and. Uh, Dean Ambrose. So. And then they had the other guy. Yeah, exactly. Compare that to Matt Hardy and uh, Rick Titus. So. Anyway, <laughs> um, uh, this is Garrett from... Bischoff in Aces and Eights. You don't like Garrett Bischoff? Gosh, I don't watch TNA. I don't know what happens there. Um, that the indie corner, I'm guessing you guys will cover Cole losing the TV title to Taven, then being Steen's next iPay-per-view challenger. Hashtag crazy. Yeah, we've talked about that quite a lot, so we're not really sure whether he's going to... If this is him moving to the main event scene or leaving, we honestly don't know. We'll find out soon. Um, this is from at King of Podcasts. Well, if surely one of us is the King of Podcasts, John. Uh, well, you don't really have a nickname, and I'm Podcast's worst nightmare, so King of Podcasts is an open, is an open nickname that I guess he... Claim for himself. Right, okay. Just started listening to your show. Are you thinking that Steen will break face from scum after the pre-pay-per-view promo and post-match reaction? Steen said week the week before that he's happy to be in Ring of Honor post-Cornet and then telling Karina and Jacobs to get the F out in the title belt. Yeah, that's definitely going to. He's definitely going to leave scum and turn face on them. Or maybe he'll be kicked out. One yeah, or the other. Yeah, eventually he's in, he's leaving Scum. It's just a matter of when and how. Yeah. Um, we'll now go to Facebook. Um, well, we have a question from someone who's actually been on this show in the past, Mike Mondo, who would like us to talk about the return of Mondo. Hashtag boom, he has put. This is from Mike Mondo himself on our Facebook page. Um, and I believe that's actually a spoiler. So we'll get to that in the spoilers rather than talking about it now, I think. Would you agree with that? Uh, I believe that's the best way to go about it, yes. But yes, we will be talking about Mike Mondo's return in a so little Mr. bit. Mr. Mondo, just stay tuned. We will talk all about your return. Yes. 
He also cool. put he would like to do another interview in the future, if possible. So, yep, that sounds good to me. So we'll have to arrange that and tune in for a possible future appearance or future return, rather, to RHCast by Mike Mondo. Um, this is from Pat Felker. He says he has a question regarding Colt Cabana. Is there any news on whether he will be or wants to return to Ring of Honor? And do you guys think he should? And uh, Jock Strapping adds, I would love to see Colt back in Ring of Honor, definitely. I have not heard if he has interest in returning, and I have not heard if Ring of Honor has any kind of interest in bringing him back. There's no sort of rumors going around. and A lot of people thought maybe he'll appear at the 11th anniversary in Chicago, but the fact that he wasn't there, and they seem to sort of part on bad terms. Maybe... I would like to see him return. Maybe, <laughs> like, don't don't be as, like, the comedic character he was. Be more the serious Coca-Cola that we've seen in the past. Like, in his feud with Homicide and his, uh, when he, like, took part in the El Generico Kevin Steen feud. Yeah. He was very good in those roles. And if he comes back, I'd like to see a more serious Coca-Cola. Even though the funny Coca-Cola is good, I think the serious Coca-Cola is just a little bit better and would be a welcome addition to the roster. I'm not the biggest fan of Colt Cabana, but I admit that he is quite, he's probably one of the biggest names in indie wrestling, to be honest. And he does have a big following on Twitter and with his podcast and his friendship with Punk. So if he was in Ring of Honor, that's a lot of good promotion, but I personally wouldn't want to see him that much, but I understand he could do a lot of good being brought in. So I'd rather have him around than someone like Matt Hardy. So um, we then get, to Connor O'Boyle. I've never done this before, so I'm, I can see why Stephen struggles with, with his names here. Would Ring of Honor ever come to the UK or Ireland, and would them boys ever wrestle each other again? So we'll get to the first one. Um, I believe we asked Kerry Silkin when he was on the show if Ring of Honor is going to return to the UK, and he sort of said it's up to SBG, really, isn't it? If the time's right, then... He'd love to for Ring of Honor to come back, but there's nothing really planned at the moment, unfortunately. I don't care if Ring of Honor goes back to Ireland or the UK. Well, they never went to Jacksonville, to be honest, either. So, um, we and also, what about the Briscoes facing each other? I mean, that is technically a possibility. We could see Jay Briscoe versus Mark Briscoe for the Ring of Honor World Title at Supercard of Honor. Yeah, I'd assume we're going to see that match sometime in the future. I think it's safe to assume that. I haven't seen we'll, it in a while, so it would be no, a I think we'll see that match. this year. Oh, that wouldn't surprise me. Um, this is from Macklin. He says, do you think that Ring of Honor spoiled Supercard of Honor, or could they pull a swerve, like with Hardy and Cole? He's referring to them announcing the main event of Border Wars before the tar match of Supercard of Honor had actually taken place. Uh, yeah, they probably did spoil it, but there's still the chance that they didn't. That was the worst answer I could have given, but... That was terrible. Yeah, I think they have spoiled it, but they probably, you know, been able to put on the posters way in advance Cole versus Dean for the belt. That's going to get a lot of hype and interest going into that show, so it makes sense for them to announce it, and based on what happened recently with the swerves at um, 11th anniversary, it does put a bit of doubt in some people's minds, but... Even if this match wasn't announced, do many people really think that Jay Briscoe would be winning the world title? Yeah, I think that's a good point. I don't think many people are giving Jay Briscoe the biggest chance of winning here. So saying Cole is going to be the next challenger for Steen afterwards isn't going to you know, shatter too many people's 
beliefs of what that's going to happen in this match. So now we'll get to the questions on the forum. Um, we have quite a lot of questions here, as usual, every week. If Are I... they mostly troll questions? Oh, let's find out. Great show is... Uh, this is from Burnside. Great show last week, as always, guys. Well, thank oh, you. thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, here are my heel questions. Well, we don't want this, do we? No, this is. I, I think my I think my questions my questions have already been answered. Harry, you perhaps may think that I plan to rub salt in your wounds in the wake of your back-to-back failed predictions of Jay Lethal World Title wins. I did try to warn you that Jay Briscoe would be getting a shot against Steen, although you stubbornly refused to listen to me. I'm not here to gloat. After all, when it comes to making ROH podcast predictions, it's not about success or or about miserable repeated failures. <laughs> the important thing is that you took a stand, which I did. Having said that, John and Stephen, do you think that in the future you guys will be more inclined to think for your to be think for yourselfers as opposed to just piggybacking on Harry's predictions? Yeah, Harry has let me down too many times for me to continue to follow his lead. You, you just wait till Border Wars and I'm right. And he'll all be, he'll all be sad he didn't jump on my bandwagon then. <laughs> um, he, he, Burnside continues, what do you guys think of the American Wars reunion so far? Personally, I think I'd rather have them as singles. I think the cards are deeper with Davey Richards, with, with a Davey Richards match and an Eddie Edwards match as opposed to having them both in a tag. Also, it sort of feels like two main event singles acts have become one upper mid-card tag act, and I'm not sure that's a net gain. Thoughts? I'm happy to see the Wolves back. They were kind of getting stale as... I mean, yeah, Eddie Edwards was just sort of floating in obscurity before the Wolves reunion, so... And they've both been banned, well, not banned, but, you know, the stipulation stopping them from going for the world title, so they really had no other option, and I think a lot of people have got sick of Davey versus Eddie versus Roderick combination matches. Oh, if I never see that match again, I'll be like that one of those matches again. I'll be happy. Yeah. So I think putting them as a team was probably the best thing they could do, to be honest. And it was something that I think Davey wanted to do personally. You know, we had him on the show last year. I think it was just before he returned, and he was always talking about how he wanted to team back with Eddie and. He even hinted, this was before, way before we knew the Wolves were coming back. Then he said, This was last July. This was last June or July, and he said, yeah, the Wolves are coming back. He couldn't say when, and that's what he wants. And, you know, he's not in this for the World titles and being a single star. So if that's what Davey wants, then if that's what we've got to do to keep him around, then it's not exactly like it's a bad thing. And I'm sure their match with Team Fishing is going to be very good at the Supercard of Honor pay-per-view in a few weeks. Uh, he can burns another question from Burnside. I think it's a given that babyface ra- rapist Mike Mondo is the least likable babyface character in Ring of Honor right now. Now that Rhett Titus has turned heel, who is the second least likable face? Ooh, second least likable face. Jay Lethal. He 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 puts fake intensity Jay Lethal as his suggestion. Um. Yeah, possibly. I don't know. I mean, we, um, we're all in agreement that Mike Mondo needs to turn heel and isn't a very good face. So I think he's definitely the number one least likable face. But number two, I mean, uh, I don't know. There's a, there's a few guys we're always saying should turn heel. So I don't really can't remember those off the top of my head apart from Jay Lethal. So 
Well then, okay. Instead of least likable face, who would you say is the most likable face? Adam Cole. I would say Mark Briscoe. Oh yeah, yeah. One of the Briscoes or Adam Cole, in my opinion. I like how he just took his question, just changed it completely around to make it easier to answer. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not answer that. We have to think. Here's something else. Um, <laughs> this is from Andy Diaz. He puts, uh, do you guys think Ring of Honor are going to team up Mike Mondo and Grizzly Redwood together as an undercard tag team? I don't think so. Well, we've seen him on commentary getting behind Redwood, you know, come on, Grizz, it's good, check time. And something happened at the tapings that we'll get to in a bit between these two, so... Oh, then it might be possible that I haven't really read the uh, spoilers. I'm, I'm going to hear them for the first time and Harry reads over them oh, in a little bit. Um, I don't know if there'll be a team, but I wouldn't be surprised if we see a one-off tag match or something on TV. Um, do you guys think that Adam Page and Grizzly Redwood would be a good undercard tag team? They both ha- they both have the southern feel that I think would mesh together pretty well. I actually think that would be a pretty good tag team. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. They could do that on TV a few times. Why not give it a shot? See how it works. Yeah, kind of get kind of. Give Adam Page a chance to get over, get on TV with somebody. Because I yeah. think Adam Page is somebody they need to bring in. He's, I've really liked watching him. Um, we have DX versus NWO 1994 up next, who has a lot of scum-related questions here, saying that the 11th anniversary show was very good and there's a lot of questions answered, but there's still a lot of unknowns with the what happened with scum. And he says that, the person who intrigues me the most out of the new members is Cliff Compton. I've heard he's improved since greatly since his WWE days. Do you do you guys think that Compton is a, Compton is a guy who Ring of Honor will keep on as a regular roster member once the Scum story runs its course, or do you see him going away once it concludes, much like he thinks Matt Hardy and Jimmy Rave will? I think that's a sort of wait and see thing. We. I don't think Ring of Honor have probably contracted him to anything permanent without giving him, you know, they don't want to sign him up and then do this scum angle and it turns out he's terrible. So if he... Yeah, we'll wait to see how he performs in this angle before kind of have like any so, kind of long-term commitment to it. If he does consistently good matches, then it, they'd be silly not to try and extend that and keep him on after the scum angle, which I'm guessing will conclude, I'm predicting, the final battle. So... I don't know. We'll have to sort of. It really is a wait and see there. That is an unknown that we'll just sort of, sort of have to see how his matches go and see if we want him to stick around. It'll be sort of what the fans think that influences that, I think. Um, he continues um, saying that when he saw the invasion go down, the first thing that came to his mind was the steel cage warfare. With many new members to the group, it's almost a guarantee at this point that we'll see Scum versus Ring of Honor in steel cage warfare. The burning question is when. He says that Border Wars would be too early, and he doesn't think they can stretch it all the way to final battle. He's predicting best in the world in June or Death Before Dishonor in September. So, do you agree with that? Do you think we will see Scum versus Ring of Honor Steel Cage Warfare? If they do a Steel Cage Warfare, I think it kind of has to be the same night as the whole blow off to the entire feud. They can't really, you know, have Ring of Honor go over in Steel Cage Warfare. Have scum continue because that seems like, you know, why would they continue? They've been beaten, and they can't really have scum go over Ring of Honor and still. I guess they could have scum go over Ring of Honor and still cage warfare. 
like in the midway point of the feud to kind of, I guess, build more heat towards it. That has to be the bath match. You can't really do anything after that, can you? No, yeah, because like, where else could they really go from there in mm. match types? So I think if they might drag it out the final battle, Oof. but I, that's a I, long I... ways away. That's nine months from now. I'm not sure how they could do it. No. But, I, but yeah, I see it. I see the end of the feud being some kind of gimmick match like that. I think he he, he suggests either best in the world at June or Death Foot on a September. I think June is too soon. Yeah, I think because September September is what six months from now. I think that'd be mm-hmm. about perfect time to build it up. I, I think it'll. To be honest, though, when you get to September and October with Glory Barner and Death Before Dishonor, you might as well just go to Final Battle at that point. It's not that much further, is it? When you get that far. I just I, I I think they're gonna go all the way to final battle somehow. They will because yeah, they'll if, find a way to drag it out. Because if Scum isn't officially kicked out of or leaving Scum uh, until Border Wars, that's May. So then there's still a bit of time they could have Steen feuding with him before sort of Steen proves to the Ring of Honor roster he's honourable again and then they sort of he recruits like, some guys to face them so they they could drag this out to a final battle yeah I, I could see how yeah yeah final battle's happening <laughs> so there's another prediction from the RH cast team I'm sure that would be correct um, he says the the one guy we have the most questions about wasn't even at the 11th anniversary show who who was that man Stephen uh John uh Nana that is a very good point. Nana wasn't there, but he's put Tommaso Ciampa. That was close. Very close. Um, he thinks that Tommaso Ciampa will come back to get a huge face push as part of the Ring of Honor War on Scum, or as the Austin-esque tweener. Do you do you think that Ciampa could become the, the Scum killer, much like Homicide was the CZW killer in 2006? Uh, yeah, I'd like to see... Uh, Champa get some kind of prominent push, or you know, um, be a main player in a big storyline, and I think this could be a great opportunity for him because I really like Tommaso. Mm-hmm, so do I. Yeah, personally, so, he he would have been a good fit for Scum. In yeah. my opinion, he could have worked in there. I think, unless they're really ad- adamant on having him feud with QT Marshall when he comes back, I don't know, but. We'll find out when he returns. It's got to be soon, though, hasn't it? It's definitely coming up. Uh, what was his injury again? I can't remember. Yeah, he blew his knee out, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, he'd probably, he's probably still a month or two away, at best, mm-hmm. to come back. Um, and he's put on a, un, on a completely unrelated note. What are your thoughts on the pro-wrestling-themed Simpsons episode that aired this past week? I have not watched The Simpsons in at least ten years. I've uh, I've only seen like repeats on Channel Four in the UK, so it's been a, a long time since I've uh, I've I've seen The Simpsons. So, but if there's been a wrestling themed episode, I'll check it out online, and maybe I'll say next week. Look, look um, forward to next week, everybody. Come back here to listen to Harry's detailed Simpsons review. <laughs> um, this is from Cheeseburger Number One. It says, "Yes, finally." Continuity with the Haas cheeseburger storyline this past week on Ring of Honor. Pro, poor Brendel. When will he get his? Uh, uh, re- when when will he get to avenge those brutal attacks? I say we make this a SuperCard of Honor main event. This is what everybody's paying to see. <laughs> main event. I don't know about main events, but 
Um, I think Cheeseburger 1 hasn't realised that the storyline has been continuing at the house shows. So they haven't completely dropped this. They have been doing it, just not on TV. So I suppose we can let him off there for, for not seeing the other attacks. But um, yeah, there's definitely going to lead to a match, isn't it, between Haas and Cheeseburger at some point, whether it's TV or pay-per-view. Um, we have a couple more questions. So many questions this week. We've still got the spoilers to get to, John. We're in for the long haul tonight, guys. We apologise. Um, this is from Can You Say This? He says, um, one, new TV champion or new world tag team champions. Which surprised and shocked you more from the 11th anniversary show? Oh, the world TV champion. Yeah, definitely. I thought there was no chance that Cole was going to drop the belt to Tavenier and not face Matt Hardy after all that build. So, very shocked. Very shocked at that. But, as we discussed, very good move. So, glad they did that. Um, in the 11 years, Ring of... In, in the 11 years in Ring of Honor, who was your favourite manager in Ring of Honor? For him, it was Prince Nana back in 2004, 2006. It's got to either be Nana or... Truth Martini. Who is your yeah. favorite, Truth Martini or Prince Nana? Uh, I might have to go with Martini. I'm going to have to go with Prince Nana. He's been on this show twice now. He came up with the RH cast force, and he's he's just so entertaining, Prince Nana. But so is Martini, but uh, it is, they're both so good. Ring of Honor are very lucky to have both extremely talented and entertaining managers there. Um, oh, you can't forget Larry Sweeney. So. That's very true, yeah. Um, he he concludes, this is, can you say this? I don't remember if I even said that. <laughs> Do you think that Ring of Honor needs something like a new version of the of Generation Next, and who would you put in it? Um, Not at the current time, I, I, especially with the whole scum thing. The two factions would be a bit much going on now. But mm-hmm. for who I would put in it, Maybe maybe make like the House of Truth something kind of like that with Taven, maybe like Tadarius Thomas, uh, ACH, like you know like all the young people they are bringing in. I think would be like the only way they could do it. And uh, we're going to conclude the questions with the main event, Marketh's troll questions. Now I think he does this on purpose. He. He sits around on his computer on a Thursday and waits for me to say, we're just recording now, and posts the questions as late as possible so he's going to be last and gets to hear his music. So here we go with the troll questions. If BJ loses his title match, what do you think he'll fall through headfirst into next time? Regain his push. Uh, I'm gonna say a pit of uh, flaming spikes. <laughs> did did you hear Mondo furiously? Qu- <laughs> did you hear Mondo furiously quick tugging on commentary during the Steen Grizzly match this past week? I think his romantic attention shifted to Grizzly Redwood these days. <laughs> that might be worth checking the TV out, TV show out for just to, yeah, just for Mondo's. 
Mondo. Anyway, yeah, just for, I was trying to think of a way to describe it. Just Mondo. Just just for for Mondo being Mondo. How long until Truth Martini just molests Adam Cole in the middle of the ring while Taven and the Hoopla Hoodies watch? Truth is quickly becoming more terrifying and even more gay the more mic time he gets. Um, <laughs> spoiler alert! On one of the upcoming episodes, a new interviewer debuts that looked like looks like Kevin Kelly made love to his son Caleb and spawned another one of them. I'm not. Is this, is this like is for a new interviewer or is he just messing around? I have, I have no idea. I, I, I want to see what this creature would look like, though. <laughs> and that wraps up all of the questions and topics you sent wait, in. So. Wait, wait, wait. Marcus let us down. Where was the Tony Gazina question? That is very true. That is very disappointing, Marcus. No Tony Gazina reference this week. I'm, I'm shocked. That little gremlin, he gets a little royalty every time he's mentioned on here. So that's how he lives. So he feeds off them. Um... So that wraps up all the questions that you've sent in, and thank you to every single one of you who did send those in. Be sure to send some more in for next week's show, and we'll discuss them then. Um, we're now going to move on to the spoilers from the latest Ring of Honor TV tapings in Chicago. If you don't want to hear the spoilers, we recommend you uh, stop listening to the show now, delete it off your iPhone or whatever, and uh, we hopefully we will see you next week, and we hope you enjoyed this week's show as well. But for those of you who do want to stick around, here is the spoiler warning. Okay, so there's four weeks of TV taped as usual. The first one will air next Saturday, March 16th. Um, the show began with Nigel McGuinness in the ring, with the entire roster stood out uh, on the apron while Nigel was in the ring talking about the scum instant at the 11th anniversary. He said that, uh, quote, shit just got real, is what uh, Nigel has to say. So I'm sure Kevin Kelly will be apologising for such a... Uh, language on the TV show. Well, don't worry. Um, None of us Americans will understand what he says. Exactly. Um, do you reckon they'll just dub his voice with some Americans so that all of you can actually understand him? I hope... Remember what they used to do? They used to, like, when somebody said something like that, they'd always, like, do, like, the bell, like, ding, ding, ding! I hope they bring <laughs> that back. So, uh, he announces that next week... He, he promises Adam Cole a future world title shot, which we know will be at Border Wars. He also announces that on the next week's TV show, which we'll get to in a bit, that Adam Cole will face Matt Hardy with the winner getting a world TV title shot at Supercard of Honor 8. Um, he then points to BJ Whitmer and promises him a title shot. He also discusses that Lethal will take on Elgin Supercard of Honor to receive a future world title shot. And, uh, and just to give some context here, he was basically saying that Carino at the pay-per-view said that Steen's defeated everyone, there's no challenges left. So to counter that, Nigel just books a loads of title matches at once. Um, he then announces the two Briscoes having their title matches that we've discussed earlier. Uh, in the opener of the first show, the American Wolves defeated the new team of ACH and Tadarius Thomas in 8 minutes 20 seconds. Thank you to, uh, just let me get his Twitter name, at WA. 2K 1999. We received a very detailed report from uh, from Adam, who uh, who gave us a full full report of what happened at the taping. So thank you to him, and it's thanks to him that you're getting all these details now. So that's, we do appreciate that. Um, the Wolves picked up the win when they hit ACH with the power bomb slash double knee backbreaker combo for the win. Um, then we had BJ Whitmer defeating QT Marshall in just over four minutes via referee stoppage. He won the same way that he did at the 11th anniversary with the knees to the head. 
we then I guess get... that's his new thing. It could be, yeah, trying to make him look ruthless or something. So uh... that's Rhett Titus, though. Oh yeah, that is true. I must say that that first segment does sound good with all of the roster stood around the apron and Nigel talking about honor. So that's uh, I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts on ACH and Tadarius Thomas as a tag team? I think it could have potential. I'd rather uh, see them as singles, to be. I honest. think I'd rather see them as singles too, but I think this could, I guess, hide whatever limitations they could have because ACH is good as he is is still, you know, pretty inexperienced. Tadarius mm. Thomas, as we've seen is better like in short spurts so this might be able to cover up any kind of limitations either one has until That's they true. are like more well-rounded and then we get to what i'm really looking forward to truth martini hosts hoopla uncut with the ring of honor tv champion matt taven and some hoopla hotties um he says that taven is the most important champion in ring of honor because ring of honor is a tv product Taven says that actions speak louder of word, louder than words, and he's going to whip it out. Isn't that Mondo's line? <laughs> he basically lets the TV title belt dangle from the front of his trunks, while the hoopla hatties begin dancing around him. Truth Martini interrupts this, realizing that something is is missing, and you've got to agree that he orders. He then orders the girls to take the pants off. And they remove each other's pants, revealing short shorts. And unfortunately for any UK fans out there, it is the American version of pants. So, what's the U- What's the UK version of pants? Pants is underwear in England. That's stupid. So if if Truth Martini was telling these women to take their pants off in England, that would get the greatest ratings that Ring of Honor has ever seen. Unless they um, somehow take their underwear off, like under their... What, what, what do you call pants then? Trousers, jeans, whatever they are. That's weird. No, American. They're not pants. Pants. Yeah, they are. Wear. No, no, no. Underpants. I mean, uh... anyway. Yeah, they're underpants. You wear them under your pants. It makes perfect sense. <laughs> um, so once they've taken their pants off, music plays, which I'm hoping is the House of Truth theme music, the new one. And uh, while well, they're all dancing with Taven before Ring of Honor officials run out with towels and cover the women up. Bobby Cruz apologizes, saying that Ring of Honor was not aware that that was going to happen as the crowd boo. <laughs> uh, we then get to the main event, where Jay Lethal, unbeatable Jay Lethal, defeated Roderick Strong in eight minutes. The end of the match saw uh, Strong go for a Gibson driver, which was counted into a Hurricane Rana by Lethal, who then hit the devastating Lethal injection to pick up the win, con- concluding the first show from the taping. Uh, we then get to the second show. This opens with Michael Elgin defeating Silas Young in seven and a half minutes. Jelly Thor was on commentary for this, so he'll be facing Elgin at Supercard of Honor. Um, Elgin won with the buckle bomb, followed by the Elgin bomb to pick up the win. Before Elgin leaves, he looks down Jay Lethal, who was on commentary, and says, I won that belt, Jay. You failed twice. He should have said, I won that belt, Jay. I know you're kryptonite. I mean, everyone knows he's not going to win the belt now. No one thought he was going to win anyway. This is kryptonite. Yeah, well, Elgin better win it this time, because if he doesn't, he would have failed twice also. That's very true. Um, we then have Charlie Huss, who comes out to the ring to a chorus of boos, and immediately starts <laughs> running down the Chicago sports teams. <laughs> he proceeds to rip into Shelton Benjamin, 
saying that he carried Shelton for 10 years in wrestling his greatest tag team or never team with him again. He says there's a rumour that Nigel McGuinness wants to book Haas versus Benjamin at Supercard of Honor, but he says it won't happen because Shelton is gone, which means it will happen. And I'm guessing we will see Cheeseburger in that match. I hope so. Haas then challenges Nigel or anyone in Ring of Honor or Scum to fight him. Imagine if Nigel came up. Um, the, however, the sound of a chainsaw then filled the arena as Grizzly Redwood answered the challenge of Charlie Haas, who was unfortunately defeated by Charlie Haas in 1 minute 27 seconds with the Haas of pain, and Haas refused to let the hold go after the match, and then Mike Mondo came out to make the save. Boom. And then, now, I must say, Veda Scott is very brave, because she got in the ring to interview Mike Mondo. A, a well-documented offender <laughs> we've seen <laughs> harass women. He was right there when he asked Maria how it feels to kiss a real man. Yeah, Spe- so she knows firsthand what Mondo's capable of. Speaking of that, where is Maria and Bennett? I don't know. I was, I was about to ask you the same thing. I think they just ran off from Mondo. I don't blame them, to be honest. Um, he basically says that he is officially back in Ring of Honor, and that what should have been a 12-month recovery, he only did in four months. So well, Didn't he claim like two months ago he'd be, he'd be back in like another couple weeks? Yeah, So, but still credit to him for doing it so quickly yeah. and overcoming everything. So, But all of a sudden, Scum, they hit the ring to essentially save Vader Scott. They knew that Mondo was setting up for some sort of interrogation of how it feels to kiss a real man. So they beat up Mondo and Grizzly and hold Vader hostage to keep her safe. Uh, they basically hold a hostage and demand a quote-unquote scum show next week, which will apparently feature matches between Ring of Honor and scum. So essentially they're like, hey, we're taking the TV show hostage, and next week we want to wrestle on your TV product. Um, they say that Nigel can make any match that he wants that's you know Ring of Honor versus scum. Uh, Nigel accepts Why couldn't Nigel just say no? Nigel? Yeah, well, I keep saying, I don't want to do that. What what, what could they have done? They're going to hurt Vader. Okay. And not, Karina's not a very good negotiator, is he? He's got like this woman hostage, like, we want to wrestle, but you can pick the matches. Shouldn't it be like, we want a TV title match next week, or we're going to hurt Vader? Like, that's not how you negotiate, Karina. You need to get one of us in to, to do this for you, I think. Yeah, we need to be uh, a scum's negotiator. <laughs> Um, it should also be noted that Steen wasn't part of this scum uh, hostage crisis. Finally! There's been a hostage crisis! Yes! Yes! This is, <laughs> they told us about this in June at Best in the World that it was coming. Finally! It's actually been a hostage crisis. Um, we then get to the main event where Adam Cole defeats Matt Hardy via disqualification in 14 and a half minutes. And this was for a shot to Matt, Matt Taven's TV title at Supercard of Honor. Um, the end of the match was outside, in the, outside the ring where Hardy goes for a twist of fate, but Cole countered it into a German suplex onto the floor. Reiner then sneaks through the crowd, the hired missionary, and <laughs> gives Cole a gore as the referee calls for a bell. So the rest of Scum comes out before Ring of Honor evens up the odds, and Ring of Honor clear all of Scum out of the ring as the episode comes to an end. So um, do you think we'll see a triple threat supercard of Honor here? Because... Adam Cole may have won, but it was still by DQ. So what do you think will happen? Yeah, I think triple threat is what's going to happen. 
does that mean Matt Matt Hardy will become the TV champion? Um, no. <laughs> okay. So episode three, March thirtieth, two thousand thirteen. Uh, the show began began with Kevin Steen coming out, but before he can talk and say anything, Jay Briscoe comes out as well. Uh, Jay Briscoe says that Ring of Honor has been his livelihood for eleven years, and if Scum wants to kill Ring of Honor, that means that that means Steen is trying to kill his livelihood. He warns Steen that he will win the world title in New York, and just as Steen is about to respond, Steve Carino appears from the crowd yet again. He asks Jay who he thinks he is to challenge Steen, the greatest champion of all time. He says that Jay has always been a bridesmaid and will never be the man. Uh, Briscoe ignores him and asks Steen, when did he become Carino's bitch? Um, And Steen says that he's proud to be Ring of Honor World Champion and he'll be proud to defeat both Briscoes in singles matches. And then Steen leaves. Um, Carino gets in Jay Briscoe's face, mocking him. He then says, isn't that right, Kevin? Turns around, Steen's gone, what a surprise. And then Jay Briscoe has a railroad spike and goes to attack. How do these people just acquire these railroad spikes? I don't know. Uh, There's still some sort of dealer, isn't there? Yeah, just sits outside Ring of Honor shows. Yeah. Get your spikes, get your spikes here. (laughs) Um, Before anything dodgy can happen with that spike, um, Scum enters the ring and Jay waves the spike around to sort of lure them off. Uh, Mark, Mark Briscoe, Cedric Alexander and Caprice Coleman enter the ring. And this gives us our first match. And we, we see Rhett Titus and Cliff Compton defeat Caprice Coleman and Cedric Alexander in six and a half minutes. Um, this was due to interference from Jimmy Rave, who, uh, who gave some powder to Cliff Compton and threw, one of the, threw, Exan- uh, uh, threw Alexander off the top rope and then... The, the powder was through in Coleman's face and then Titus delivers a dropkick on Coleman and Scum wins the first match on this uh, special Scum show. We then have Jimmy Jacobs defeating Mike Mondo. Um, this was because Scum was still in the ring, Mike Mondo charged out and Jacobs takes him on. So I'm guessing, from what I can tell here, these two matches like flow into one. Okay. So, all oh, flow into one segment, so to speak. So, as soon as Titus and Compton win that tag match, Mike Mondo comes out, which then sets up the Jacobs Mondo match. Um, I believe, yeah, Mondo went for a roll up to pick up the win, but Jacobs countered, countered it into his own roll up and grabs the rope to secure, secure the pinfall. Ah, this is long spoilers. <laughs> Rhino, Matt Hardy, and Steve Carino then defeated Jay Lethal, Michael Elgin, and BJ Whitmer after a twist of fate by Matt Hardy on BJ Whitmer in the main event. And uh, Steen was not a part of this six-man tag, because apparently he'd been given the night, quote-unquote, night off by Scum, and was at the spa, apparently. Um, all of Scum came out to the ring, and they handcuffed Lethal and Elgin to the uh, ring ropes again, and they just all attacked BJ 3-1. and one. Um, Hardy hit him with a rude awakening, apparently. I don't know what move that is, but that's what's in the report. That uh, is a neck breaker. That was Rick Rude's finisher move. There we go. Uh, BJ fights back, clearing Hardy out and before getting Carino alone. Um, Carino was caught in a corner, begging for mercy. He gets outside the ring. Whitmer turns around and is met with a gore by Rhino. Hardy then delivers the twist of fate, and Scum has a th- complete sweep. A three and three and nil here on this Scum show. Um, they leave and Jay Briscoe re-enters the ring. 
promising that a supercard of honor, ring of honor will kill scum. And he says that at the pay-per-view, the sling comes off from me and that belt's come off of you. So I believe he was in a sling for this TV taping due to the injury. Okay, that that, that, that would make sense. That would be a weird thing to say. Yeah, <laughs> no, he, did, he did have his arm in a sling. That's what he was referring to. Um, the reason this show ends like that is because that's the final show before the uh, the pay-per-view. So obviously that's the go-home show. So it ends with the Briscoe sort of claiming what he's going to do at the pay-per-view. So we then get to the last show, the April 6th show. Tadarius Thomas and ACH defeated Mike Seidel and Adam Page. Uh, Athena, you know, it's the usual women of honor match on the fourth show of every taping. <laughs> yeah. Athena defeated Mischief, Cherry Bomb and Scarlet Bordeaux after hitting the O-Face on Cherry Bomb. After the match, Vader Scott got in the ring and wants to ask Mischief just one question. How does it feel? No. Um, now that she's returned to... <laughs> <laughs> now that she's had her first loss in Ring of Honor, how will she change her strategy? Mischief turns to leave and then uh, Vader grabs her by the shoulder and the crowd is stunned. Vader has one more question. What, just what happened? Because this obviously was her first loss and Mischief mists Vader and storms off. So I'm guessing that in four weeks... On the fourth show of the next taping, we will see Mischief versus Vader Scott. But at least, as much as I don't care about women's wrestling, at least we have some kind of storyline involving it now, instead of just random matches. That's true. Um, then we have Roderick Strong defeating Pepper Parks via submission. He won via the Stronghold, of course. And then in the main event of the last show, Team Amphition defeated the Forever Hooligans in 15 minutes to retain the Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles. The American Wolves were on commentary for this. Um, Red Dragon, re- or oh, sorry, Team Amphition retained their titles with the head kick brainbuster combo on Rocky Romero. And the American Wolves entered the ring only to be insulted by Fish. Um, the, Wolves <laughs> enchan- <laughs> the Wolves then challenged them to a tag team match with Supercard of Honor, and which then the champs just walked off. So there we go. That is the latest. That kind of bothered me, though. What? The show is going to be air- aired April the 6th. Supercard of Honor is April the 5th. They're asking for a title match the night after the <laughs> match airs. <laughs> that is very true. The time-traveling American Wolves. We won a match with you last night. <laughs> yeah, that's very silly. Very strange to do that on that week. <laughs> no, I wonder if anyone else has noticed that. It didn't hit me till now, actually. We're talking about a match that will already have happened at this point. Very odd. So overall there, I know I just sort of rushed through it because it was just taking ages. Um, what are your thoughts on sort of the taping? Do you have anything to comment on? I mean, on, on sort of the, the booking rather than obviously we haven't seen the matches, but sort of... A, oh, no, the matches are outstanding. Um, the booking standpoint, what do you think of where this scum storyline is progressing? Any other developments you want to talk about? Um, the only thing that seems weird to me is that it really takes till episode three for scum to really start doing anything. Yeah, that's true, actually. It seems like that'd be what like, maybe they'd want to follow up on. Like, well, the, was the, the first show, they were banned by Nigel McGuinness. You know, so why the... can't you just ban them forever, then? And get rid of them and not have to worry about them? That, yeah... It's a very good point. He said that um, 
Let me try and find the quote. I don't think it's actually in the report, but apparently they were banned for the night, which, when you say it like that, makes no sense as to why they just couldn't be banned permanently and then they'd never come up. So then they sort of, you know, do an Aces and Eight style break-in on the second show, hold Vader Scott hostage, and then demand to be booked next week? Is that essentially what happened? Yeah. So then they got booked for the week after, won all the matches, and then weren't there the week after. Yeah, that's when you put it like that. That's not the best. Uh... I didn't mean to ruin this for you. I'm sorry. No, I mean, I, I mean, I've already shared my concerns about this scum storyline going forward. And obviously, we need to see this pan out on TV. But yeah, I mean, banning them from the building, which always means they're going to show up, and then they don't actually show up at all, is a bit weird. If they have the ability to stop them from showing up, why don't they just do it? Anything else you want to discuss regarding this? No, that's scum? about it. Or anything I, else? I, I think I think we've we've discussed enough for one podcast. And we've discussed enough Ring of Honor for a long time now, and uh, that does bring an end to this week's episode of Our Rich Cast, episode seventy-nine. We'll be back next week, Thursday as always. We'll be on rhworld.com, on iTunes, and Stitcher with a brand new episode, episode eighty. Be sure to leave a review on iTunes if you enjoy the show. Let other people know it is. Let other people know how good it is, should I say. If you're friends with other Ring of Honor fans, why not tell them about RHCast? Recommend it to them. I'm sure they'll appreciate that. Um, if you did enjoy this week's show, please let us know. If you didn't, maybe... Don't let us know, because... No, no, no. If, if there's anything you didn't enjoy, let us know. Be sure to share some feedback. Uh, so that brings an end to this week's RHCast. We do hope you enjoyed the show. Thank you to John for joining me. Thank you for having me. And we will see you all next week.